morning. Today I would like to talk about the practice of choice in action as taught in one Buddhism. The threefold study of Buddhism consists of Samadhi, Prajna, and Sila. In one Buddhism, we speak of the threefold study of cultivating the spirit, inquiry into human affairs and universal principles, and choice in action. Buddhism in general and one Buddhism may express these concepts differently, but they are the same in that they both present standards for practice to achieve a balanced life. Today, I'd like to focus on the choice in action. The Korean words for choice in action are tak op chisa, is forward. Tak means create or make. Up means karma. We create karma by using our six sense organs. So, tak up means using our six sense organs. Chi means choose. Sa means abandon. So, tak up chi sa translates literally as distinguishing what should be chosen and what should be abandoned when we use our six sense organs. From a small decision of daily life, such as how to react to a stranger asking for directions, to a life-changing decision, such as a partner or a career, each choice and action that we make brings about a certain result, or in other words, karma. These actions directly affect our lives. Karma in Sanskrit means action or the result of action. Karma is neither good nor bad. It is simply the energy that we create through our thought, speech, and action, which in turn comes back to us. Imagine a pendulum hanging from the ceiling, slowly swinging back and forth. The pendulum swings to one side, then swings back once it reaches a certain point. Physics shows that for every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. So the purpose of choice and action is to live a blissful, blissful and happy life by creating positive karma, by making right choices in action. Why do we human beings make wrong choices and fall into the perilous sea of suffering? In the principal book, Sotesan, the founding master of One Buddhism, says that there are three reasons for this. First, we make wrong choices in action because we are ignorant of right and wrong in actual life situations. Recently, one of my friend ministers in Korea sent me an essay that he wrote. In his essay, he described in detail how he, as an eight-year-old boy living in a rural area, 
had enjoyed catching ants, spiders, butterflies, and other insects. He liked to play with them, even make them kill each other. His play usually ended up by burning the dead bodies of the insects. I know it's sad, but it's very common for kids to play with insects. And now he said, he has become a man who uses rose geranium flowers to drive away mosquitoes instead of using insect killer. He even set a big net that covers his entire room so that he can live in it and avoid killing any mosquitoes. He's now working in a retreat center located up in the mountain. There is a huge vegetable garden. If he happens to kill any insect or accidentally kill anything on the farm, he prays for them. We make wrong choices in action because of ignorance. Just like a child who does not know the interdependence of all living beings and make a serious mistake of killing them. This is why we need to nurture wisdom. Second, even though we learn what is right or wrong, we may still make wrong choices, especially when we cannot control our desires. They can suddenly flare up like fire. If we have a strong liking or disliking, we become attached to those certain things and become deluded. We make wrong choices in action in order to avoid or to get them. We easily see these cases in the news. Think about how many people in the world ruin their career because of the wrong desire toward money or sex or reputation. This is why we need the practice of cultivation. By practicing meditation, we cultivate our spirit so that it is calm, tranquil, and free from attachment. For choice and action to succeed, we need the support of the other two practices. Choice and action is the fruit of a tree. Cultivation and inquiry are like the branches and the roots. They are connected and both indispensable. The question now arises, if we gain the power of equanimity and wisdom, is that enough to bring happiness into our lives? Is the ultimate goal of our practice to awaken to our Buddha nature? One story in the scripture addresses this question. A disciple once asked Master Sotesan, is perceiving original Buddha nature enough to immediately achieve Buddhahood? The founding master said, some people 
achieve Buddhahood instantaneously upon seeing the original Buddha nature. But that is rare. For most part, great effort is required to achieve Buddhahood. More than that, required to simply experience Buddha nature. Mr. Sotesan sees that we human beings may still make wrong choices in action, even after awakening to Buddha nature. Why? Because the power of a habit we have cultivated over a long, long period of time influences us on a daily basis. So the third cause of a human being's wrongdoing is habit. We make a wrong choice when we are enticed by strong habit. It is not that you automatically become a different person just because you've understood the principle of the universe and the Buddha nature. This is something that we practitioners need to keep in mind. But I have to admit that I still sometimes find myself looking for some kind of powerful inspiration to change myself instantaneously. There are moments when I am inspired by a great spiritual teacher or their books. There are also moments when I get some inspirations after meditation. Still, I realize that these inspirations and moments of awakening cannot change my entire life all at once or completely change my habits. There are essential practices needed to attain wisdom. The only way to change our life completely is to change the patterns of our habits, the patterns of our action. There is no other shortcut. How can you change the habitual patterns of our action? First, it is necessary to be conscious of the choices we are constantly making. It requires making choices with sound thought. Whenever you need to take an action, pause and be heedful. Make correct choices based on sound thought, not by impulse, desire, or habit. Ask, do these choices serve me and those who may be affected by them? Are my decisions coming from a clear and empty mind? Empty mind in Buddhist context means a mind that is free from attachment. Are you acting from your higher self or 
Are your actions and decisions coming from the ego? Consider this and then follow a decision which is based on the answer from your heart. You can set up your own guidelines for mindful choices and action based on your own experiences. For example, for me, I try to think twice about my decision if there is something that makes me feel uncomfortable. For me, to feel uncomfortable is often the signal that my conscience sends out to me. In Buddhism, the basic guideline for mindful choice is precept. Therefore, we need to make sure to include precepts in our mindfulness practice. Second, make a mindfulness checklist. This is a powerful tool to help practice. Consider what kind of habitual patterns bring negative effects in your life. Also consider what kind of positive habits are worth developing. In this way, each time you face a relevant situation, you pause and become mindful and make a choice in action as you result. It is important that you track the number of mindful and unmindful actions that occur during the day. Therefore, mindfulness practice of one Buddhism falls into the category of choice and action, not inquiry or cultivation. Mindfulness in one Buddhism means that you remember what you resolved to do and actually put those choices into practice. However great an inspiration you have from a book or a Dharma talk, in the end, you need to open up your mindfulness journal and check into it. I believe that this is the only way to align what we know and how we act. Make an O or an X in your checklist of to-do things. For example, get up at 5 a.m., meditate every day, exercise, eat healthy foods, or avoid whatever may look unhealthy to spiritual practice. Count the number of mindful and unmindful actions. Keep the precepts. Change other habits that don't serve you. How else can you change the deeply rooted karmic power of our habits without this kind of effort? If there is other way, please let me know. For a very long time, I spent much effort to try to understand myself and the world. But I did not put into an equivalent amount of time and effort into working on my habitual patterns. 
I unconsciously thought that the right understanding must come first before I act. However, the threefold study study needs to be carefully practiced so that we can keep a balance. I realize that I just need to act, especially if I know what I am supposed to do. For example, if you think you are lazy, do not waste time pondering on why you are lazy. Just take action. To change a habitual pattern, you simply need to get up and take an action. You might want to discuss the definition of right and wrong first when you learn choice and action in one Buddhism. Of course, it is necessary to ponder upon the topic. Inquiry practice is needed to choice and action, for choice and action. However, as the title of the book of Robert Fogum, All You Really Need to Know You Learned in Kindergarten, in most times of our life, we know how we should act. Let me read the quote from the book for you. All I really need to know, I learned in kindergarten. All I really need to know about how to live and what to do and how to be, I learned in kindergarten. Wisdom was not at the top of the Gracie School mountain, but there in the sand pile at Sunday School. These are the things I learned. Share everything. Play fair. Don't hit people. Put things back where you found them. Clean up your own mess. Don't take things that are not yours. Say you're sorry when you hurt somebody. Wash your hands before you eat. Live a balanced life. Learn some and think some and draw and paint and sing and dance and play and work every day some. Everything you need to know is in there somewhere. The golden rule and love and basic sanitation ecology, and politics, and equality, and sane living. And it is still true, no matter how old you are, when you go out into the world, it is best to hold hands and stick together. I hope you create only positive karma for yourself and the world by practicing mindful choice in action. Thank you.